Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and uh, welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on the Red Velvet Media Network. And today we have Brian Coleman with his new release that I believe was released today, which is kind of exciting, um, the opposite of time. And for everyone listening, um, I am going to be playing some of those tracks as soon as we get our guests into the studio. And um, if you are listening, you may listen to the show live. I'm going to open up the chat room right now. And if you'd like to call in, the number is 347-677-1036. And I apologize. I'm, um, I have a little bit of a bronchitis today, so I apologize to everyone listening. Um, but we are going to have a kick-ass show, and I'm going to bring Brian and Spencer Drake on, and I'm going to have Spencer introduce himself. He's got some really exciting things going on. And then, of course, Brian with his new release that released today, launched today, and it's called The Opposite of Time, released by Sunnyside Records. And um, Brian, are you there? Hi, I'm right here. Okay, cool. And you you're sound, you sound terrific. Show. I don't hear any bronchitis. So, uh... Oh, you're fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. And Spencer, you're there. So, um, yeah, Brian, as you two are talking, and, and why don't you talk a little bit about our exciting thing about the opposite of time coming out today. And then Spencer, um, why don't you introduce yourself? And then I'm going to go ahead and upload this music because for some reason the studio is not being very nice to me today. Oh, so, wow. I don't believe this. Go for it. No, 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 no. It's all good. And anybody that wants to listen to the show afterwards, it will be on iTunes as a podcast and also on demand on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. And we're so excited Brian's here today because the music I heard that you sent me, Brian, is really amazingly um, cool. It's just, And I loved the Walk the Dog video. <laughs> that you, yeah, um, that is, i, I got to say, um, Holly, Spencer, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you, um, you know, are, are letting me come on to your show because, uh, well, because, Spencer, I've known you for... Uh, God, more years than I want to say. Um, I know. But, um, you know, the the cool thing, you know, with the opposite of time is um, sometimes time works in your favor and um, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, I really feel like this is this is the best work I've ever done. Wow. And uh, I know, you know, anytime someone does anything, that's what they're supposed to say. But, you know, about, you know, not, I was going to say half the time, all the time, when I finish a project, I get really blue because I listen to it oh. and I hear Is all you? the things. Oh. Yeah, because I hear, no, it's, it's, I think that's true of most artists that, you know, mm-hmm. you put your, yeah, your heart like that. into something. You're done. You're so close mm-hmm. to it. And, and then you hear it and, you know, you almost, all you hear are the things you forgot to put in and the things that you and the things you did wrong 
or you hear the chances you didn't take. You know, it sort of feels like, oh, man, I, I could have done so much better. And then you just sort of walk away from it feeling like, I hope someone likes it, but it's not right. And mm-hmm. I got to say, this is the first time that I've finished something and stepped away from it and come back and just really been like so, I, I feel so pleased. And I feel like, um, you know, I can't take credit for a lot of that. I, I had such great helpers all the way. I had, uh, you know, just amazing engineers and uh, mixers and co-producers and, you know, from Jimmy Zhivago to um, Hector Castillo and Jenny Muldar, Glenn Pacha. Uh, you know, I had some of the, the really great people, I was going to say in New York, but, but really in the world, uh, yeah. you know, sort of holding me up. And, uh, man, it's a, when, it, when it works, when the universe sort of gets behind you, mm. there's nothing like it. <laughs> it's no, a, totally, it's a, it's, I get that. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I know what it feels like when sometimes we do shows or I've done a show where I've been with someone and I really have enjoyed it. Like, And then at the end, you're so sad. You have this feeling of sadness a, a little bit because it's over, but it's never really over. And I think that that's what is reflected a lot in a lot of the music that you um, put on this new release. Um, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, you have a really I, I mean, interesting I, background, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> you have a very interesting background. I would love for us to talk about that as I'm unsuccessfully uploading this music. I'm telling my studio, you need to upload it now. <laughs> just, just, we can play just it. Have a mind meld. Just have to look at the machine and uh, and talk to it lovingly. Yeah, I know. You know. Well, for so, some reason, Brian, wait a minute. I'll tell you what. Tell us, tell us mm-hmm. the beginning of your life. I mean, how you... Yeah. Up, yeah, tell us the about beginning the beginning of my of, life. Like, you have influence, influences um, in your family, for instance, in music or, you know what I'm saying? Um, well, I want to you know, hear about his cream and, and, and years and all that and how he got into music. Yeah, exactly. Spend well, exactly what sure, you listen, does. you know, just sort of like start me up. I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> you know, I grew, up, I grew up in New York and... Um, you know, I was, I was, let's say, a surprise because uh, my father was in his 60s when I was born, and my mother was somewhere younger, but we don't know how much younger because after she passed, I found her passport and her birth certificate and her driver's license, and they all had different dates of birth. You know, no way. The, the, the wow. cool thing, or the, the thing is... Um, you know, back in the day, and I think maybe it's still true now, in the same way that you could change your name. You know, I mean, Spencer, mm-hmm. if you decided, I don't want to be Spencer Drake anymore. I'm going to be Hugo <laughs> von Drake, you know, uh, the third. You could go down and, you know, sign up and <coughs> you'd be Hugo von Drake the third. Well, in that way, you can change your age. Mm-hmm. You can go to the government and say, you know what, it doesn't work for me to be uh <laughs> 53. I would, oh, I would get a lot more work if I were 27. That's funny. And that's so you funny. suddenly Wait. have this. I have to tell um, you something funny. I have to interrupt okay. you. Did you hear about the guy? I have to tell you something really funny and interject, and then I want you to carry on. Did you hear about the guy that changed his name to Big Mac? <laughs> <laughs> Man, if he gets to eat for free. 
He named he's named himself after a cheeseburger. A Big Mac cheeseburger. He named himself oh, Big Mac cheeseburger, and we don't know why. It's in the news. It's really funny. This is not, I'm not kidding. I read this, I and I was like, no way. The guy's got to be really, really demented, but whatever. Yeah, Carry on. I'm gotta... sorry. I had can to try ima- that. Can you imagine his tombstone? <laughs> you know, I mean, his funeral's going to be sponsored by McDonald's. That's, he's never going to have to pay for anything again. And it's going to be golden arches. It's not going to be just like one little stone. Thank you for making me laugh. This is so funny. You got you're going to have Big Macs at the funeral. I mean, you know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, had, I had to tell you guys about that. That was just so funny. That's I, a great I story. I just laughed my ass off when That's I heard that. That's a great story. My um, God. But you know what? I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I had to tell you that funny thing while I was thinking about it because you know me. I may forget later on, but um, that was a really that no, was a funny story. But no, go for it. There's no such thing so as interruptions. Know? It's just one. We're just having one long conversation. It's just ping pong. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Keep on going. Uh, tell us yeah, that's Brian. passport. Oh, go on with the story. Go on with your story. Mm-hmm. Oh, so all I was starting to say was, you know, I've got I've got eleven nieces and nephews, so and five wow. of them are older than I am. Jeez. Because you know, when I was born, I had two half brothers who were already married with families. <laughs> so, um, you know, in a way, you know, it was a little a little weird, and in a way. It was actually really wonderful because my parents had been through the whole process of having kids. They were really kind. They were really nice to me. But I don't think they could really tell the difference between like a 12, 13-year-old and a 25-year-old. So when I was about 13 or 14, I started slipping down to uh, music clubs in the West Village. Um, And, you know, at that time... Bad boy! Well, you know, the thing is that I didn't have to hide it. I, they would sort of go, oh, you know, where were you? And I'd be like, I was at the Cafe of Go-Go seeing Tim Harden. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, was it good? <laughs> you know, they, they didn't know that I was supposed to be in bed at 1030. So um, <laughs> I would go down to these clubs. And the thing is, you know, I was totally obsessed with, uh, with Tim Harden and with the Paul Butterfield Band. And I would go really? to the Cafe yeah, they were like my Beatles. I mean, the Beatles were my mm-hmm. Beatles, but Tim Harden and Paul Butterfield yeah, they were, great. were they were here. They were not only mm-hmm. amazing, but they were right here. So, you know, I could just take the subway down, and usually the guy at the door figured I must be one of their kids because, you know, they didn't have that many 12-year-olds. So they just waved me in. And at this time, like, the clubs didn't have liquor licenses. So, you know, basically you could go into any of these places, you know, usually if they didn't wait me in, it was $5. And then you could sit with, you know, with a Coke or a, a cup of coffee all night. And um, mm-hmm. the great thing was that, uh, you know, I didn't have to hide it. I didn't have to sneak around. My parents didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be doing this. So, you know, I, I started going to all of these clubs. And um, there wasn't, you know, Rolling Stone was just starting. And, uh, you know, there was no MTV. There was no, you know, there was no counterculture in a funny way. Right. Um, And things were sort of invisible. 
so you could make up your own rules. And there was a there was a book that came out called the Rock Encyclopedia. Do, do either of you guys remember that? Yes, I do. Yes, yes I do. So, yes. you know, there was anything that said rock, I had to have. I had to, you know, <laughs> because I just, I was obsessed. I had to know everything. I had to hear everything. So I got this book the moment it came out. And I was like, I don't know, 13 years old. Um, and I got the book. And, you know, it's an encyclopedia, you know, letter by letter, name by name. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to do anything more than flip through it. I read it cover to cover, mm-hmm. and then I corrected it. You know, and I sent the, <laughs> the, this is the writer, Lillian Roxon, through her publisher. I sent her 30 pages of corrections. Because I was because I was. But you're kidding me. Kid. No, I was a trendsetter. Can you relate to that? I love it. Yeah, really I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, you know, the other thing is everybody out there should know is that, and you know, Holly, Brian is a great writer. So this was like I know. part of his initiation, right? I, it's part of I his know. initiation I, of life, right, Brian? But see, this, is, this is sort of how I got started because I wrote to Lillian. I read a Lillian, lot of your stuff, Brian. I read a lot and, of your stuff. Yeah. And Lillian basically went, hey, how come you don't do this? Why don't you do the second edition with me? And, mm-hmm. of course, there was no second edition, but she became my fairy godmother, and she started mm-hmm. taking me around to clubs well. that I couldn't get into. <laughs> you know, she started taking me to Max's she Kansas did. City and to wow. Steve Paul's The Scene. And, and then when I got to be about 15, you know, I started writing songs. And, of course, mm-hmm. who did I want to play them for? Lillian Roxon. She knew everybody. And, you know, I called her up. I went, Lillian, Lillian, I, I'm, I'm writing songs. And I could hear this thing in her voice like, oh, shit. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> who, wants, who wants to hear the, the songs that a 15-year-old kid writes? But she didn't say that. She was incredibly gracious. She sort of went, you know, I don't know if I would know if they were any good, but I bet my friend Danny would know. And her friend Danny was this guy, Danny Fields. Um, oh, my and God. And Danny is still around, of course. And Danny... Um, yeah was always the hippest guy in the room. You know, Danny was the... the, uh, was the, the guy. We've had him on our show a couple times. We yeah. had him on our so show, you know. uh, Brian. Yeah. So he, yeah. You know, he discovered the Stooges, the MC5. He managed the Ramones. Sure. So Lillian brought me, you know, I'm, I'm like 15 years old, and she brings me to Danny Field's house. And it's somewhere, I think, on West Hampton. And it's dark, and I come inside... And there are candles everywhere. There are no lights. There are candles all over the place. And there's Jim Morrison passed out on the couch, drunk. Oh and Nico, <laughs> you know, Nico from the Velvet Underground has locked herself in the bedroom. And yeah. every once in a while, she pounds on the door going, don't let him in. He is an animal. Don't let him in. Of course, Jim Morrison is just <laughs> snoring. He's not trying to come in anywhere. That is funny. And Edie Sedgwick, Edie was wow. Danny's roommate. And um, she's in the corner in a bra and panties, just cutting out the pictures from Vogue magazine and, you know, paying absolutely no attention to me. And the phone rings and it's Leonard Cohen. He's looking for Nico. Nico doesn't want to talk to anybody. She's scared of Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison is snoring. And in the midst of this, Lillian's like, Brian has these songs that he has to play you. And... Danny Fields oh. sort of looks up like, you know, like someone has just farted. And just feels like, oh, that would be wonderful. 
Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to hear some songs. You know, like basically someone going, yeah, I can't wait to eat some turnips. <laughs> you know? um, that was my introduction to uh, the music industry. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? <laughs> I have I have your I have your songs now in the studio and why don't we play one and then we'll come back and then I would love to talk to you more and have Spencer talk to you a little bit about what he's doing because you're going to love a little bit about his Ramones thing that he's going to be doing that involves a lot of people that you probably know. So um, sounds great. Which song would you like me to play? Um, let's do. You want me to do Times Are Tight or the other one? Let's do Times Are Tight. Okay. All right, cool. Everyone that's listening today is Brian Coleman. His new release today, The Opposite of Time, was released. You can get that. Um, I've also put the website up, Brian Coleman. It's B-R-I-A-N-C-U-L-L-M-A-N.com. And um, it's out today. Go get it. And this is going to be Times Are Tight. And we will be right back. And if you've missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available on iTunes, or you can go into chat now, it's open. Or if you'd like to call in, it's 347-677-1036. And with that, let's listen to the song. And Spence, you still there? Yes, I am, dear. Okay. Hold on, guys. Here you guys go. And let's see if it works.
Yeah, that's Amber really good. Bringing everybody back into the studio. Yeah, that's a really good song. I really like that. Thank you. And, thank uh, you. Who, play, who played with you, Brian, on that? Um, you know, that um, that's a live track. I did that um, with uh, Aaron Johnston and uh, Dee Dee Gutman on uh, drums and keyboards, respectively. Uh, Aaron and Dee Dee are the sort of main uh, musicians in um, the Brazilian Girls. And then um, uh, a guy who's just literally stopped by the studio a few minutes earlier, um, uh, Mike Sandoval played bass. And uh, I'm playing guitar and uh, singing. And uh, Jimmy Zhivago, who co-produced the record with me, is playing the slide guitar and uh, doing this sort of psychedelic bubbling Mm-hmm. And um, it's really cool. I Glenn Patrick it. came in afterwards, and I think that was our over only overdub. Uh, Glenn put these weird little organ fills in, and uh, you know, as Glenn does, he sort of does these things that are invisible, but uh, you know, make the song shine. Yeah. No, how, how long did How long amazing. did it take you to put the album together, Brian? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the album was. Like most things, it, it happened really, really quickly and really slowly. You know, most of the recording was done really fast. Um, and then it sort of took a while to put all the pieces together and to... Uh, I, I work with this lovely guy, Hector Castillo. Uh, and, you know, Hector's always threatening to quit the music business. He's uh, <laughs> just an amazing... Um, I mean, he's an amazing musician, but he's also a wonderful producer and engineer. And he was going through a rough patch about a year ago, and I, I thought he, I thought I was going to lose him to, um, you know, I, I thought he was going to like become a mailman or something in Miami. Wow. And, um, you know, he's he's produced uh, Beck and uh, Bjork, David Bowie, uh, Lou Reed, Philip Glass. He just wanted um, to walk well, away, like a lot of people are doing today. It's really yeah. funny. Um, we won't we won't even get into the uh, we won't even get into the comments about what Kane West said about the uh, iconic producer of um, Pink Floyd and everybody. <laughs> no, I don't, well, even, I don't even want to go there. As far as I'm concerned, you know, um, you know what? That's just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> really, Kanye's an interesting character. Um, you know, yeah, speaking of Hector, he, he called, you know, Kanye he called Philip Glass. He should go Philip be a man in, in Miami, okay? <laughs> I think that, I don't think the people in Miami would appreciate it. I don't think they'd get their mail. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, Kanye is such a genius. He would just, uh, he would just stand there and, and absorb it. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess I shouldn't tell tales out of school. Uh, no, it's well, cool. you know, I mean, producer, I know so many stories uh, working with musicians about on albums about producing, and it can be a really heavy load because a lot, as you know, I mean, a musician will hook up with a producer who done a major album, like with Billy Squire, Don't Say No, it's a monster album. He hooked up with Reinhold Mack. It worked out really perfectly. But I know stories of the opposite, where a musician hooks onto a producer, and the producer says credible credentials and it doesn't work out right it doesn't work out and i think also the producer in the music business they have to have um and and being i'm picking up that he's so creative he might not relate to a lot of things a lot of producer could go through right 
You know what I'm saying? And Who, maybe Kanye? that's part of the action. Oh no, he disrespected the guy. You don't, you don't. I, I did you read it all since he got totally dis dissed the guy, and it was really wrong. Oh my god! He didn't, didn't even know the guy. Didn't read it. Didn't even know the you guy. Know. He said he had no talent, so we don't even want to go there. The guy, the guy just yeah. like wants to create drama all around him, and he's gonna have a meltdown. Yeah, right, right, right. Totally. I don't agree, want to be yeah. there. So whatever. We have an amazing artist with us today, Brian Coleman, with his new opposite of time that just released today. And you know what, Spence, you didn't even introduce yourself for Spencer Drake um, being my co-host. Um, and you know Brian, who's Spencer and what Yeah, Spencer I mean, Spencer, Brian Spencer, and I go way back. Tell everyone a little bit. Well, I'll tell yeah. you about when we first met Brian was many, many years ago. In the, uh, but we're, wow. we're, we're soulmates for life. I mean, Aww. I did a 45 for him, which was really cool. Really? And, um, yeah, that's how it started, Holly, years ago. And now... We we were just not in touch until like <laughs> recently. It's, what what is really weird is when I was working on the um, and you were involved with it too with uh, Max's Kansas City was the fact that Jenny Moldauer was on there not knowing right. not knowing Holly that, that when he sent the album over that she's on his album. That's what really blew my mm-hmm. mind, you know. But um, tell us about Jenny uh, Brian the hookup with there. With Jenny. Well, Jenny- Look, Jenny, Jenny's an old friend, and, um, you know, for those of you listening who don't know, I mean, Jenny comes by um, her talent really, you know, really honestly. Her mother is Maria Moldar, who um, sang with the Kreskin Band and had that monster hit, uh, Midnight at the Oasis, and has one of the, the great sort of blues voices. Uh, and her father is uh, Jeff Moldar, who... Uh, sang with Paul Butterfield in the band Better Days. He was in the Queskin band. Uh, he's become an amazing arranger and uh, did a beautiful record of the music of Big Spiderbeck. Uh, he's been wow. He's he's been uh, you know just a wonderful interpreter of uh, you know more than just the blues. I mean he's his records going back thirty years, forty years. Um, you know, I have people like James Booker playing piano, and uh, he's really done an amazing job at bringing to life people like uh, Bucko White and uh, Sleepy John Estes, and uh, a wonderful, wonderful player and singer, very wry, very understated. So Jenny has, you know, she has Maria's wonderful sort of ballsy voice, but she has uh, her father's sense of timing and sense of phrasing, and uh, you know, I've I've known her for about ten years. I, I know her through a wonderful guitarist and songwriter named Barry Reynolds. Um, and I've always wanted to work with Jenny, but you know, get in line. You know, Jenny is really busy. She's singing with uh, Elvis Costello. She's touring with David Byrne. She's um, you know, she was best friends with Lou Reed, and that's sort of how you know, our working together came about. Um, she and Lou Reed really were soulmates. And uh, she was with Lou when he passed. Mm. And, um, you know, a day after really? he died. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, uh, I used to see Lou at uh, Jenny's birthday parties. And we'd be looking from 45s together. And um, I never quite bonded with him. But I, you know, I loved the guy. But uh I like him better on record than the next to me on the couch. Um, and uh, a day after Lou Reed passes, 
Jenny calls and goes, I'm organizing this memorial for Lou, and I need to put together three or four CDs of all the music he was listening to in his last days. Mm. And you're the only person who might have them. Mm. You know, so she sends me this list of like 85 or 90 songs, and it's not standard stuff. I mean, there's some really wonderful, weird old doo-wop, and there's Link Ray, and Mm. there's like weird B-sides of Nina Simone and uh, the Janets, you know, the the weird echo-driven B-sided um, Sally Go Around the Roses and, uh, you know, some, some stuff of Robert Quine and some stuff of Ornette Coleman. And I've got about half of it, but I figure I'm going to have to dig and find the other half. So it's like, listen, Jenny, I'll put this together for you, no problem. It's going to take me about a week. You know, and I figured a week I'd be working pretty hard to get that. But she goes, no, no, no. We're doing the memorial this weekend. I need it in two days. Oh, my God. And I was like, I, I, I can't do that. And she's like, I'll tell you what. If you can put this together in two days, I'll sing with you on anything you want, anytime <laughs> you want. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> and so I basically... You know, I, I called in all sorts of favors, and I because I dug, because these are, you know, a lot of these things are things that you find in the back of the jukebox that, uh, you know, there aren't, they're not going to be uh, on iTunes. But I found, I think, all but one of the tracks, and I put the CDs together for her, and then I started recording my album, because, you know, I figured, I got, what else do I need? And, uh, you know, Man, she makes me sound like I can sing. Uh, she wow. just oh, you she can, can sing. Yeah, but she <laughs> yeah. but she makes me sound like I can sing better. And you know, she just has this uh, way of just uh, sliding around words and getting into the spaces that uh, I, I love. Man, she she's a, she should be a star. She's yeah. uh, I met her I met her at Max's thing in New York, Brian and um. Judith and I met her actually with her son Justin, and she was just really nice. And um, it was a nice intro, and I'm glad we connected, you know. Um, but she has a great voice. I mean, she sang that night, and her voice is amazing. I mean, she's a whole trip. But um, you're telling me a lot about her life that we didn't know, and it's very interesting, actually. Really. Because, you know, we designed, Judith and I designed two albums for Lou Reed. And he, he was always the type of person that a lot of people say you couldn't approach because he wasn't that type of guy that say, hey, man, that's really cool. He's not like putting your arms around you. He was never like that. But, you know, later in life, he related to Judith and I very close. I mean, I don't know whether it was the Laurie Anderson in his life, you know, but he changed a lot of character into more. And I saw him um, at a book signing two weeks uh, with Mick Rock before he passed away, unfortunately. But I did have a chance to my thanks to him in my life and oh my god but he was uh he was a trip you know i mean he was a trip as a musician you know but but spencer you know look you did you did that new york cover for him didn't you yes yeah you know that's i mean that's an iconic cover and you know you you haven't talked about yourself i mean you've done some of the classiest and the, the most beautiful covers they're um you know they should be hanging on the wall uh, oh, thanks. You know, well, you know, brings uh, you'll lead me into the Ramon show, which is Holly's leading me into also, my friend Holly. And we're doing, um, it's going to be a very big Ramon show going on at 
The Ramon Show is going to be at the Queen, Queens Museum and the Grammy Museum and has uh, a couple of my covers in it, and I'm very honored to be in it. And the show is going to be touring to 18 cities after that, so it's going to go on for two years, I think, at least. And uh, it's an amazing show. And um, you can go. I mean, anybody out there can go. It's April 10th is the opening. From I got the time, 4 to 8 p.m. at Flushing Meadow, and it's an open house. Holly, you'll have to fly in. I'm yeah, here. Spencer, I'm actually, I'm probably going to be there. Trust me. I'm going to be in New York very, very soon. Yeah, a lot good, sooner good. than Isn't a it? lot sooner, a lot sooner than you think. And what's really funny is um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot sooner. <laughs> That's hey, all. Hey, Brian, I can thanks say. a lot for the compliments. Is hearing from you, which yeah. is really wonderful, but, Brian. But thank Spencer, you so much. Isn't it weird that uh, you know the Ramones songs are like a minute and twenty three seconds. <laughs> and the show is going to be two years. <laughs> I know, right. That's funny. You're right. There. Um, but the Ramones were like, a, you know, a contradiction. You know, one of, the, one of the things that blew my mind, and I think I told you this off the air, you know, a while ago, but um, I was about, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, I was having uh, coffee early in the morning with a friend of mine. And uh, her phone rang, and she sort of went, oh, 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 I have to get this. This is really important. And she sort of, like, pulled away and hid the phone. So I went, uh-huh. You think so? Okay. How much? Mm-hmm. And and she basically was, you know, going through this, like, yeah, buy, sell. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and she said, oh, you know, I had to take that. That's my stuff. Oh, okay. She went, Joey Ramone. Wow. And I'm like, you're kidding. She's like, no, Joey Joey is the best day trader in the world. And he was picking stocks for her and for these other people. And he was making people a fortune. He had this thing about numbers. Wow. The guy basically, um, you know, was a closet Wall Streeter. Really? That is no. Nobody knows that one. Stuff we didn't even know. I mean, that. Holly, this is a really good info show. I've got to tell you, no, this, this is show great. on info no, no, is no. real. Right? I love hearing about Jim Morrison snoring on the couch and uh, I love Joey hearing... Ramone on stocks. <laughs> I love, I love hearing about all this. This is great. But it makes, are, I got to say, are... it makes a lot more sense than Joey Ramone snoring on the couch and Jim Morrison being a stockbroker. I, I don't think oh, that yeah. would have worked. No. I'll, I'll tell no, you a no, funny no, no, story no. with Joey in my life was the fact that I used to, you know, I designed Road to Ruin, End of the Century, It's Alive, those are classics, but I would go up to Sire Records, and one day the art director said, he says, Spencer, I don't believe this. Joey Ramone called up to ask how you are. He says, Joey Ramone does not call up Sire to ask how anybody is. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I had a good relationship with him, you know, automatically, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but, but you awesome. know, you weren't a suit. You were in the band, Spencer. You were, you know. I guess I was part of the band. Well, you know, I had a good relationship with all of them. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, Marky Ramone had me on his serious show, and he told me that, and I didn't know a lot of this, you know, after. I really didn't. He said, Johnny liked my work. They all liked my work. And that was interesting because I did not know that, but I, I never changed anything. Everything went through. But, <clears throat> you know, it's. You know, with a band like that, when I went in, they're so, you know, the character, I mean, they could fire anybody on a dime. I mean, seriously, you yeah. know, but, but they, uh, but I was very fortunate, but, um, 
You know, there there were. It's incredible the idea that they're not here, and uh, they were so young when they passed away. You know, to me that's amazing. You know, and they just they were they were just got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and after that they went right. It's it's just wrong. But uh, yeah. but it doesn't surprise me that they'd like your work. I mean, Spencer, can you tell me someone who doesn't like your work? Uh, fortunately, I haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but was, Unless people you, don't you, tell have, me and they don't. Have you ever turned you in be, a cover? Well, you know, thank you go. very much. I mean, a lot of our work has been in the, won a design awards, you know, like Annie Leibovitz voted our first Marshall Crenshaw album, for instance, into a show. That's a beautiful cover, the first one. And we've always, Judith and I, working together, we've always had good chemistry. We've never had anything changed on the cover, which is most amazing. I mean, that's unbelievable. And we and everybody liked our work. David Byrne liked our work. The, the Heads loved our work. We were just in a show with Fear of Music, which is just an Moment show. That's an iconic album. Talk about an iconic album cover. Sure. That, that mm-hmm. album is now in the... By the way, it just got into the permanent collection. So I've got two in there. I've got... The Ramon, a Ramones poster, and now, brand new, I've got the Fear of Music album in the permanent, permanent collection, which is quite an amazing feat. I've got but, two pieces in but there. But come on, you know. have you ever turned in a cover and had an artist go, nah, that's not what I was thinking? I have, look at. i got to be honest, I have had covers which were created I don't show. I really do. I mean, I've got to be honest about this. I mean, I did so many covers in my life. You're going to have, it's like, when you do songs, you must have songs that kind of like, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's like, you, oh, but absolutely. I, I, right. So I had covers that they were, they didn't come off. I, I mean, I had, I'll never forget. I had this guy, this guy comes in the room who I'm hired to do this kid and listen to this, Holly. It's a riot. He says, he says, he says, what, what do you want? You know, his concept. I, I just, you know, gave him a break. I said, you know, what would you like on the cover? And he said, I want a guitar smashing through a window. <laughs> so I said, oh I, my said God. I can't. Yeah, right, Holly? So I said, I can't yeah. do that. I actually, moralistically, said I couldn't do that. And now, you know, it's interesting, the Fabulous Thunderbirds cover, which is uh, tough enough, which is one of the most iconic covers, too, of their album, is that they wanted to do a picture of them on the front cover. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of here. I, I, I don't even want to do the cover. If they're going to have a picture of them on the front, I'm not going to do this. And Jimmy Vaughn came in with a picture, an art piece by a Native American, Danny Youngblood, gorgeous piece of sculpture. And he went up. It's a great, it's a great story. And um, so I said, look at Jimmy, tell, go into the meeting. After he asked me, he said, go into the meeting tell him that's the cover. I, so I get a call, Brian and Holly. I get a call a couple hours later from CBS. They said, Spencer, you're going to be fired. <laughs> and so oh you know God. what happened? Yeah, but then four days later, I get a call. The cover went in. The cover went in. So that's where you moralistically feel as an artist that something so strong, you know what I mean? You, you put your life on it. And I was willing to step out of the job. That's how big it was. I said, this artwork's got to be the cover. That's it. No, no, no compromise. And yeah. I'm working with a, you know, I'm working with a major record company, very conservative on top of that. But I think what happened was Jimmy went in and said this was a thing that he had, and I think they just went for it, and obviously they did, and that became the cover. They, they were very interesting stories, but there, there are pieces that, I don't know, but I have created, uh, we've created a lot of great album covers, so, you know. 
was, well, you, was Brian, it a hard... working, Brian, I wanted to say, you working with Cream, Rolling Stone, I mean, at 17, you were the London editor of Prod Daddy and continued writing music, as is what your bio says here. You must have seen a lot of album covers and a lot of a lot of changes in the music industry, too. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that I, I you know, um, I, I mean, I've seen all a lot, a lot of changes, but uh, <laughs> as a kid, I really, um, I mean, there were covers, of course, that I loved, uh, and I have a feeling we all love the same covers, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that basically, you know, you sort of think of the covers that uh, changed your life and mm-hmm. they're, um, you know, the first Velvet's album and Joni right. Mitchell's Blue and oh, uh, Miles, yeah, that one. Miles Davis' Bitches Brew and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the Beatles' Revolver. These, you know, these things just were, um, they were, they, you know, they were more than covers. I mean, they were, you know, they were screens. They were portals into another world. Right. But uh, what about you know, I, Neil Young after the Gold Rush? That was another one. You, you know, I that never. I think it's a it's a beautiful cover, but I don't think it has anything to do with the record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I'm one of the few people. I think there are only like six people in the world um, that like his first album cover, which was a really weird drawing of him. That that made him oh, look yeah, like, yeah. like a, a giant, um, you know, like, and they were they had like bridges and railways going into mm-hmm. his hair, and um, oh. but that felt that felt the way the music sounded, and so did the second album. You know, everybody knows this is nowhere. Um, after the Gold Rush, that felt a little too mannered to me. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, and I love that album, but mm-hmm. you know, at this point, you know, you know what point, album I, I really like, Crazy Horse. The crazy horse. Yeah. Crazy horse was great too. Right, right. Home. That, crazy. that weird, that weird. Just it almost felt like a merry-go-round horse on the cover. Um, that was beautiful. Not to mention um, Buffalo Springfield. <laughs> oh sure. And who was that? That was um, um, Eve Babbitts who did that great cover for them for uh, yeah, yeah. Buffalo Springfield again. Yeah, again is uh, an incredible album in my head. I mean, just oh just yeah, his opinion. But, you know, basically, um, you know, as a kid, I was obsessed with music, and the radio wasn't enough. I had to get every record, and the only way I could do that was to write about, the, you know, music. I mean, I did it purely as a way to get on mailing lists. And, wow. um, you know, I don't want to say purely, because I, I was so obsessed. I just, I wanted to be part of all of it. But, uh, you know, I mean, Lou Reed figures in this because uh, when I was, um, I guess I was a freshman in college and Lou Reed's first album came out and I've been such a fan of the Velvets and I go and I hear Lou Reed's first record and I just thought it was crap. Um, You know, now I listen to it and there's some really good stuff there, but uh, Mm -hmm. at the time it didn't make any sense to me. And uh, I I worked at the um, magazine um, at my college, and I had access to a printing press. So basically, I wrote a little monograph about the record. A friend of mine and I went in and we taped ourselves just ripping off of how bad the record was. <laughs> and uh, and then I drew pictures, 
and I, I turned it into like a little 16-page uh, pamphlet, and I sent a copy to Lester Bangs. Oh, you know, wow. I guess I sent a copy to Queens. Oh, funny. So drink. That's great. And, of course, Lester immediately sent it to Lou <laughs> Reed, who got so pissed, you know, that uh, he drove to Providence, where I was in school, and insisted on going on the radio to debate me for two hours. And, wow. um, you know, I mean, it wasn't a debate. It was like a turkey shoot. You know, he basically <laughs> got in the studio and just, you know, tore me to pieces. But oh, God. It was, you know, it was fascinating, and it was, and it was great. And there's Lou Reed in front of me, um, defending himself, and right. that's the thing that um, you had to respect. He wasn't nice to me, but he wasn't being an asshole. I mean, I guess he was, but he he was, he was <laughs> coming down because I had insulted his music, and he had to defend its honor. He wasn't defending his honor. He was defending the honor of those songs. And God bless him for that because uh, he took it seriously enough that uh, he was willing to show, you know, to show a kid that he was wrong. And uh, I've got to respect that. Yeah. Well, I let's went talk to, you know, about I went some of these to... other tracks that are on his yeah. album, um, the, new, the new The Opposite of Time. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 no. And Go ahead. Go ahead. That's important. I wanted saying. to talk more about the release today and how you feel about it, Brian. What? How do you feel about this project? This project um, you just dropped today. You know, I, I'm, um, I'm sort of tongue-tied, which I, I never am, but mm-hmm. I, I, uh, um, I love this record. I mean, this record means so much to me, um, and I'll, and I'll sit and debate Lou Reed anywhere he wants. Uh, I'll, I'll go into the other world and I'll talk to him about it because uh, it, um, you know, I, I sort of feel like for once I got it right. I opened the windows and I let a lot of air and a lot of light in. And uh, mm-hmm. it it feels very, um, it feels very present. You know, there are a mm-hmm. lot of songs, the songs, a lot of the songs are about not necessarily the passage of time, but the distance between you know who we who we think we are and who we really are. You have songs that you plan for a second album, or are you thinking about that? By the way. Yeah, I am. I, I've actually there's a song um, there's a, there's a song that uh, I really wanted to put on this record because I sort of felt that it was a summation of uh, a lot of different things, and I just you know. It's sort of like training a dog, you know. Um, sometimes you you walk you walk your songs around the block, and you know you get them to pee in the right place. And yeah. sometimes they just they you know they wait till they get home, and then they pee on the carpet. Um, and so there's this one song called uh, "A Famous Broken Heart," and uh, it means a lot to me, but it's it's not there yet. And um, I'll 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 get it right, but. Uh, it's uh, it's not quite there, but uh, yeah, you know when you're when you know you know when you're writing something and you know it's finished and it's ready to go and you want to present it to the world, then you know your heart's open to right. it. You know some yeah. of these songs, you, some mm-hmm. of these songs have been kicking around in my head, you know, for twenty years. There's one song on there that, uh, wow, you know, I sort of felt I kept I've written about five versions of it. 
And uh-huh. um, it, it's, um, I tell you, I, I wound up, um, I was working on it 20 years ago, and I wound up in this little hotel in Switzerland, and Leonard Cohen was in the next room. And oh, wow. It wasn't any, and That's it was sort it. of before he had this big comeback. So we we spent every evening for like about five days just sitting in the hotel lobby um, playing songs for each other. And playing songs for each okay. other actually meant he would play songs for me and I would listen. Um, but he's a very, very gracious and very funny man. And uh, at, at one point, you know, he asked me about, you know, my own music. And I played in the beginning of this song. Um, uh, it's a song called After All the Gifts. Uh, and it's got a great chorus, but at the time the verses were just, you know, still a little wonky. Um, mm-hmm. But but I but I played it for him, and uh, and then I waited, and he didn't say anything. And you know, can you imagine what that's like? You know, there's this uh, amazing songwriter, amazing you know musician that uh, I've admired and and loved. You know, know the word for it. Uh, for years, and uh, I've just laid out, you know, this really important song for me at his feet. I've just sort of laid it there, and he just sort of looks at it, and I was devastated because um, I thought, you know, he was just, you know, essentially dismissing it, uh, and I was really blue. And the next day, uh, I came down and I saw him in the lobby, and the first thing he did was start singing the chorus to me. Oh, and it wow. just ch- chills went up my spine because, uh, it, you know, he uh, he 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 had really liked it, and it, he needed to process it, and he filtered it in, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and actually, when I was coming back to try to figure out a way of um, pulling that song together, I could hear his voice doing that, and that gave me a way into the song that I hadn't had before. Mm, wow. Uh, Interesting. What cool what cool stories. Oh wait, hold on a minute. We're look we're running out of time. I'm gonna extend the show a little bit because we have your song that we wanna play too. Yeah. We still have another song oh, yeah. that we wanna play. Especially home. you gotta you gotta play uh, it's a time if there is time because Of course you know, it's it's in my name but it's really a duet with Jenny. I mean she's singing oh, with wow, me on great. every word and, and she just yep. uh, brings it to life. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, of course we'll play that. Um, I wanted to ask you. Um, I know you're currently working on some uh, new projects, and you're trying to finish up some of this uh, other stuff. Are you presently going to go on the road with any of your music at all? Um, you know, I would love to. Um, mm-hmm. My my hope my hope is to do um, a lot of the musicians that uh, I'd like to play with are on the road with different people right now. So I can't rehearse with anybody till late March. So my hope is that in early April, I'm going to start doing a few small clubs. And um, I'm meeting with the record label on uh, Monday. And we're going to talk about uh, releasing the album in France and in um, Germany and Holland oh, and Belgium oh, and London. And I would love to. I've got uh, there's a wonderful Irish girl, uh, this girl Lenny Morrison, 
who sings with me on a few tracks, and she's going to set up some dates for us together in Dublin. Mm, so, uh, you know, it's it's all, you know, it's it's really exciting. It's I got to say, it just uh, um, makes me very very happy. You know what? You know what? I, I want to cut in here because Holly and I had a great artist on that I met in New York named Mark Geary from Ireland. Mm-hmm. And if if you, I don't know if you heard his music, Brian. You should get a chance to listen to his music. He's amazing, and he plays. He comes into New York once in a while, but he's really big in Ireland. You know, Mark Geary. Okay. And okay. check him out. But Holly and I had him on a show, and he's a wonderful musician, right, Holly? And he's. And uh, you should check him out if you're in Ireland. Yeah, you know. and well, I really Ireland love is... Brian. I love Brian's stuff because it has it has like it has a really trippy feel. Not yeah. just your yeah. run of the mill um, music. It has. That's right. It does have a lot of. Um, there's. I feel there's a lot of poetry behind it too. Mm-hmm. That's right. His writing. I was going to say that too. His mm-hmm. writing, Holly. I agree with you. It's yeah. a great writer. Yep. Great writer. <laughs> I do. I really um, feel that way. So. So how's it been today so far with sales and stuff with the opposite of time? Well, I you know I know a lot of I'm, people I'm not, are waiting for it. I I'm not gonna know till um um I'm not sure if I'm ever gonna know, but uh um you know, I'm gonna talk with the label on Monday and uh, you know it, it sounds corny, but uh, of course I'm gonna be thrilled if people buy it and mm. uh you know if if you if you spend so much time as as I have doing something it it becomes really important that not that you make money but that you get put on the menu right. you know i don't i don't necessarily want to be the you know the catch of the day but i'd like to be somewhere so that uh, people could sort of decide between whether they're going they're going to have the baked salmon or um, my album um and I just I'd like the idea that it's it's playing in people's lives somewhere or other. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, and I think um, definitely. Let's give your website out again. It's www. Obviously, um, and it's Brian B R I A N C U L L M A N dot com, and it's the opposite of time. Is it available on iTunes as well right now? Yeah, it's on iTunes. It's on Amazon. Um, there's also this amazing video that uh, there's this really wonderful guy who looks like a mountain man. He's got like a beard down uh, to his knees. Uh, um, a guy named Drew Christie. And I stumbled on his work and uh, I was lucky enough to be able to talk him into uh, doing an animation for a song of mine. Oh, and wow. what have, have you guys seen it? No, I haven't. No, oh. I haven't. Oh, this this guy this guy, by the way, is just a genius. And um you know, I called him up, I, I tracked him down and just told him how much I loved his work and I really wanted him to do a song and he was really polite and said, Yeah, you know, that's great and I'm so happy you contacted me, but I don't really like working for people. I don't like being told what to do. Right. And I just sort of went, I I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I, I, I like what you already do. I just I'd like to be involved. And there was this long pause, and he went, so you're telling me you're not going to be an asshole. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, no. Nope, I'm not going to tell you that. I can't promise that, but uh, I can promise that if you'll do this video, I won't get in your way. I, I don't want to see it till you've done it. Mm. And uh, and he did this thing. 
um, if you go to Facebook, yeah, um, it's on. You know, it's it's on. It's all over Facebook. It, it premiered on the Paste magazine a couple of days ago, and also a magazine called Glide. And uh, it's um, even if you don't like the song, uh, and I hope you do. But the, the animation is so beautiful. Wow! And mm-hmm. it's such a such a great job. I, I'm trying to set up a YouTube channel, so by tomorrow, it should be up there as well. Or on it's oh, not, also I think on Vimeo. Oh, cool! Uh, called Walk the Dog Before I Sleep. Wait, great. I did see. I saw that movie. I saw that video. Yes, I saw okay. the video. It starts out as a cartoon. It is it's it's a cartoon. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, and it goes yeah, throughout the whole thing as a as an yeah. animation. Yeah, I'll definitely I saw check it. Out. I'll definitely check it out. Great. I love the colors he's, that you chose. He's just an amazing character, and uh, I just mm-hmm. feel so lucky to have. Well, you know what? You know, Spencer. I think that uh, Holly. I don't know your background enough, so I can't say. But Spencer, you know, the two of us have been so lucky in having had the chance to work with and work alongside such great people. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a kick. It really is. It, it, I mean, it hasn't hit me till later in life. It's funny. It's because you, as far as, you know, when I worked on the Ramones and talking heads those early days and people ask me that all the time on radio or whatever interviews or, it's like you don't realize all of a sudden later in life they become these icons, you know, Brian, or or they become this thing, and then you realize how great they were, and then all of a sudden that kicks in, and it's like really weird. I mean, it's kind of like I was really fortunate. I mean, I work, you know, I work with John Lennon on the Imagine on the Imagine album Trade Ads. I mean, that's how I started. Mm-hmm. And I met him twice with Yoko, and, uh, you know, these things just, and Paul McCartney, uh, Judith and I designed for MPL records with Paul and Linda's label, but you don't realize what it means. I think you take it, I mean, I took a lot, you know, at times I knew they were great, but you take it for granted, and then all of a sudden later in life, you appreciate. You get it, yeah. You get it, right, Holly? Exactly. Yeah, no, for me now, it's like a lot of the musicians that I idolized way back when, are now my friends and current day situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's if they're still here, you know, with us. And it's really interesting because it it's like we can sit down and we can talk. And now it's like we can sit and talk like Brian shared stories with us. We can sit down and talk about crazy mm-hmm. stories and times and things that had gone on and, and I'm really looking forward to like making more memories and more memories being created by a lot of the people that are still here with us that mm-hmm. are still creating amazing music and giving us the opportunity to be able to share that with the world, you know? I think that's Yeah, important. I mean, Holly and I, our whole premise is, Brian, is that we want to uh, expose uh, visionary people and people that create and that people haven't heard of, by the way, a lot, and and just turn them on to the world, and it makes Holly and I happy. You know, it's just uh, oh, part yeah. of our life, right? Yeah, it's but it's you know, I mean, there's that there's that same feeling that uh, you know I had when I was you know a kid. When I hear a record that uh, moves me, I want to call everybody up and play it for them on the phone. I want <laughs> you know, and that's that's what you guys are doing, and, and God yeah. bless because that's wonderful that it's you know we're part of a community 
whether it's a digital community or a community of friends that meet at cafes, but we um, we're in and out of each other's lives in in ways that are really important. And music yeah, is no, the glue, absolutely. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. It holds everything together. It's like yeah. for me, my whole my whole thing is I want to bring about spiritual awareness through music, through pop culture, art, everything, and that that's like basically my mantra, you know, to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and and spread love and happiness however it can be through music or through these radio shows that we do. And this has been really awesome having you here with us today, especially the day that you released your newest project. And uh, Spencer, I, I want to thank it's, you uh, for being here with me today special. too. Yeah. It's Friday, guys. It's <laughs> weekend. Um, I want to say to everyone, uh, don't drink and drive. It's Friday. And um, take it easy. And uh, I wanted to see if there was anything more that we wanted to talk about. The, the well, wait a minute. There's a couple of things I want to mention okay. tonight. I'm going to see yeah. our friend Holly Jimmy McElligot play with Jeff oh, Slade. And I but love the, Jimmy. the kicker with this is the kicker with this show is guess who's going to be the guest guitarist? Are you ready for this, guys? Carlos Alomar. Oh, nice. Oh, Carlos is beautiful. I know, he was, and he played with he was Bowie. David Bowie's guitarist and, and also collaborated yeah, and, for years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight? So I'm going to see that, and there's Marcia Resnick who um, was on our show, um, I believe. Marcia's got yeah. a show at Howell Gallery tonight, uh, a discussion thing. So I'm trying to whiz through both of them if I can. Where know, is what? Jimmy playing? Where are they playing tonight? Jimmy's playing at Hill House. It's called Hill House Barbecue. It's between 56th tonight. Avenue off 26th Street. And uh, it's tonight at 9 o'clock, early show, which is great, 9 o'clock. They, Jeff plays there with Jimmy and the band. And, um, cool. and by the way, Jimmy just got a, a new gig, and I love this. He's in the band now with Genya Raven, which is very big, I think. Uh, he just got nice. a gig playing guitar with her. She's amazing. Genya Raven, so, 10 um, wheel drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, Brian, you know. So I'm going to – that's my that's – my, my night tonight, you know. Oh, <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Nice. Carlos Alamo, I'm dying to meet him. I've never met him. I mean, this is going to be a big time for and me. That'll be you fun. Know? Yeah. I wish we well, here, I, Holly. I wanna, I the problem is Brian. I have all these great things in New York, and Holly doesn't, uh, can't, I feel bad about it. She can't attend some of this stuff. Yeah, but don't feel too bad because it's warm where you are, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Holly's in good weather now. Hot, right, yeah. Holly? Is the weather okay there now? Holly? Holly? Uh-oh, we lost Holly. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. I guess we reminded her that it was really nice and she decided to go out and get a tan. <laughs> Brian, it's so great you're on the show, man. i got to tell you, this is a big thing in my life. Oh, Spencer, so thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And the album is fantastic on top of it. So it's, Thank you, no. thank you. It's not. It's not just Brian on the show and, okay, he's got a dud album. This <laughs> is like yeah, a really no. good album and it was really great and and bring you on is a big thing in my life uh, working with you at one point in my life and now seeing you evolve into this thing is really cool and i know you're going to do even better stuff even better stuff you know as it goes along with cd right and recording you know yeah so maybe we'll have a chance to you know work together again who i'd i'd love that 
Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, tell me about it. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. That's why, you know, that's why I tell you to check out Mark Geary in Dublin because his music is very laid back. He's a great songwriter, by the way. He's very famous in Ireland. I met him in New York through a friend, and we had him on. Holly and I had him on. But i got to tell you, he's amazing, and he's very laid back. You like his music. He's very laid back. The writing is amazing, you know, that type of thing. I look forward to it. Yeah. I bet my friend I bet my friend Lenny Morrison knows him and I'll get him to track I'll get her to track him down for me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. They got a church there, you know, the church in Dublin about where Amy Winehouse played. It's very interesting. They got a yeah. they got a ch- church there where townspeople attend and he played there, Amy Winehouse played there. It's a very interesting you gotta check that out by the way. There's a church okay. there. And and apparently people the people from the town just come. It's not like fans. It's like and they come can you guys really not hear me? Now we, we can got now. you. You're back. <laughs> what the hey, Holly, I was telling, um, I was telling Brian about that hole. church. H- Holly, I was telling Brian about that church, and I remember where Amy Winehouse played and Mark Geary played. I was telling about that oh, church yeah. in Ireland. I you could know. hear you guys talking, but nobody could hear me. It was really weird. It was that weird. Was very man. Did you hear that bad yeah. stuff they were saying about you? I'm I'm sorry. I, I didn't hear. I, I, I did. <coughs> I heard all that. No, but I was telling you the weather here is really funny. It's um, we have like three weeks or four weeks of solid rain on and off, and it's kind of really weird. But mm. you know, then what happens is everything blooms. Right now, allergy season is just like off the hook for everybody. We've got wild daffodils everywhere. Um, all the cherry trees are blooming. All the mustard, all the vineyards are well, coming back to life. Yeah, it's beautiful. And um, you sound like you're yeah. a gardener. You sound like you. Have I a, am. Look, How did you know? Yeah. I have just the way you were house. talking. Your I, voice oh, yeah. was lighting up. Oh, I love gardening. Are you kidding? That's like my life. Oh, then, I love it. Yeah. Now I'm going to cut in and, and tell so, Brian. Oh God. Wait a minute, Holly. I got to cut in. No, I'm going to be very rude, but no. I got to tell Brian about your cooking. That Holly is one of the greatest creative cooks ever. Okay. Oh. What's your favorite dish to make? Oh, you can't t- ask me that. It's like asking <laughs> a musician what his favorite song is. I don't have one favorite. Well, then, thing. you know what? Tell, tell I love what... to. Oh, I love to cook. Um, well, I love to cook healthy stuff, a lot of healthy stuff just because of where I'm at, and um, a lot of sustainable farming type things. I grow a lot of my own things, but um, Italian, French, um, a lot of um, tapas uh, type things, very um, California cuisine. Um, I don't know. It's it's just it's hard to say. It's, so if it's Spencer was coming me. over... If Spencer was coming over for dinner tonight, what would you make? <laughs> oh, he already knows. He knows. Oh, he my God. Holly's good. Oh, my God. She's amazing. I don't even. So many make I, my roast sauce. Every time I talk sauce. with Holly, she comes. Well, go ahead, Holly. I'm sorry. I mean to go. <laughs> what do you want me to make tonight? Oh, I don't know. you got some. Look, it doesn't matter. Anything that's on the table, please, is <laughs> delicious. You know, this is like. By the way, Holly's going to do a cookbook, Brian. She's going to do a cookbook. Yep. So okay. it's called Holly Holly's Delicious Dishes, and Spencer <laughs> and I. It was for Spencer and I talking on the phone. The name of it, and I've already gotten the name. So right. everyone out there yeah. that wants to go ahead and try to 
fuck me over, excuse my language, but have to say that <laughs> word. Um, and try to take, no, seriously, you don't have any idea how many people have tried to take Red Velvet Media, that name. I've gotten emails from people from in the Orient because I guess there's a group called Red Velvet over there threatening oh. that I need to give up my domain name. My domain name is not going anywhere, so you guys can all go whatever. You know, they've already, they've even told me they bought my, my domain. But, yeah, no, I bought them all, bought all the domain names, and uh, <laughs> Holly's Delicious Dishes, we're going to launch it. Spence is going to help me. Um, I'm going to publish, self-publish this book. And okay. uh, I've got well, some amazing recipes. I'll- I'll compile a CD of food songs for you to put in the back would of it. Would you? Sure. Oh, that would be so cool. That's funny you said that because, do you know, I'm also writing a children's book, and the book is all about the land that children go to when they dream. And there is a CD that I'm putting together of all the different people singing lullabies. Jewel's one of them. Um, mm-hmm. People singing lullabies that I can put into this book. It all kind of got birthed when I had my daughter, and uh, the hardest time for kids at preschool was nap time. So I had yeah. to go there yeah, and yeah. find out why, what what was it all about, you know, and well, found I'll, out that I they can were find all you afraid. Some, some stuff for that as well, because uh, yeah. you know before he before he passed away, uh, Levon Helm mm-hmm. wanted to do a record for children, and I was helping oh, him find. He? Yeah, I was helping him because I'm very close to his daughter, Amy. Amy and mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff together. And so, uh, and I found some of the songs that he recorded for his last few records. You know, I sort oh, of wow. would, would, you know, funnel songs to him through Amy. And so I had a whole, he had two big projects. One was uh, an album of lullaby songs, uh, and the other was wow. an album of, of gospel songs. And and I was helping put the, put the songs together for him. What a oh, well, I would man. love that. I would love that. You um, and I do definitely need to talk later about okay. that. That's that's cool. Spence, something good comes out of everything. All right, that's Never, right. You know, yeah. good, good things good things happen. You know, for the right reasons. You were supposed to be here today, Brian. Not only because and, of your release, but because of this. And I guess we are. Great. That's I mean, really we, cool. we've had I, I got to mention one thing. Holly and I have had psychic shows. What I mean by psychic is it just happened that this was the day of your release. And we, when we had Chris uh, Franz and, and remember the Tina Weymouth show, it happened that mm-hmm. the date of the show was Tina Weymouth's birthday. It was birthday. her birthday. I didn't yeah. even know that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had psychic things happening at the right time and the right place on, on our show. I want you to know that. Well, I guess I'm at the right place. It's not coincidence. Yeah, you know, nothing happens by chance. I always believe being in the moment, and we're definitely in the moment. I did a reality check on on myself for that last night. I read a really cool book about being here now, Um, being in the moment today, right this moment, instead of thinking about yesterday or tomorrow or five minutes from now or whatever. It's like you'll never have this second or this moment in your life ever again. That's what's trippy about all of it, isn't it? And that can, can really be either think a really, that can be either a really bad thing or a really good thing. Mhm. Oh, depending on what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 I know. It's like so many emotions come from all that. I think a lot of people 
get very, very uh, caught up in that. Caught up in the moment. So there, yep. there you go. But uh, well, Beth, do you have anything been... else you wanted to talk to Brian about? Uh, we're, no, we're okay, Hal. We're okay. Oh, no. I think we've got all, all the info in there, and we're looking forward to Brian. When you're playing in New York City, get in touch with us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely will. But I'm going to get in I touch with Brian you guys uh, before, anyway. and cause I'm going to get you uh, some some lullabies and also some uh, oh, some food so cool. songs, some cooking songs. Oh, how cool is that, Brian? Do you um? You know what I'll do? Since we're friends on Facebook, I'll inbox you. I'll send you my phone number and my um, email. Okay? Sounds good. Perfect. All right. And with that, we are going to end the show today. If you did miss this show, it will be available on iTunes afterwards and on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio as a podcast afterwards. This is a special edition of the Indie Cafe with Spencer Drake and myself. And, um, again, it's Friday. Please do not drink and drive. I have to say that because it's really important to me. I really need to get that message out there. Um, and you're here for the show next week. Yeah, we've got great shows next week. Um, and they will be announced. We like okay. to keep everybody on the edge of their seats. But thank you so much, Brian, for being here. And, Spencer, thank you. And, again, we're going to play this amazing track. Um, with uh, really amazing music. I heard this track. It's really pretty. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and play that now and with everyone else there. Have a great Friday, and I'll talk you to everyone too. soon. Thank, Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Spencer. We'll You're very welcome. All the trains have left the station There's no diamond in the mine I need something to hold on to Just give me time if there is time Now all the angels of our nature Stranded on the Harlem Hudson line They left me nothing I can wager Only time if there is time Well, all the birds have left the garden
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.